Hello, Richard Lane and John McConnell here with the podcast for the April issue of The Lancet Infectious Diseases. John, let's start with the mode of transmission of influenza A, review you've got here. But it's relevant, isn't it? Because in terms of preparing for an avian flu pandemic, we've got to know more about the mode of transmission of influenza A. Yes, it would be very useful to know what the most usual mode of transmission of influenza A is. But we don't really. So, I mean, there are a number of candidates. There's a direct contact, which would be people touching each other. There's indirect contact. So, that would be secretions falling onto inanimate objects and then people then touching them and the virus being transmitted that way. There's droplet contact and droplets are defined as being greater than five micrometers in diameter, but they probably don't travel very far. They probably only travel about one meter or so. And then there's what's called airborne contact, which is the formation of aerosols from people coughing or sneezing, that sort of thing. And the airborne particles are less than five micrometers or they might even be uh, dust particles. And obviously these airborne particles remain in the air for a considerable amount of time and can travel a long distance. And we actually don't really know what's the most frequent way amongst all these candidates that the influenza A virus is transmitted from person to person. And where are these authors from and what are they concluding in this review? They're a Canadian group. They've really done a systematic review of the available evidence on modes of transmission. And they, they reached the conclusion that it's the droplet transmission is the most frequent means of transmission and not really airborne transmission. So there's type of precautions that you'd have to take in a hospital setting. And this is, this is really what this review is aimed at, is healthcare workers and preventing them becoming infected. You would probably want them to wear masks, but you might not need to filter the air in patients' rooms in order to remove the aerosols because if those aerosols aren't being created, then obviously you don't need to deal with that problem. But I believe these findings are quite controversial and we're likely to see some follow-up to them. Also in this month's issue, John, you publish the Orion Statement. What is it? What does Orion stand for? Orion stands for Outbreak Reports and Intervention Studies of Nosocomial Infection. And what this is, is a set of standards for reporting hospital outbreaks of infection and intervention studies of those in those hospital outbreaks. This has been put together by uh, an international group of experts and what they're trying to do is have a consort equivalent. Consort was guidelines for reporting of randomised trials. They want a consort equivalent for the reporting of hospital acquired infections and what they've come up with is a 22 item checklist and I'll just give you a few examples. Obviously they want complete transparency in the standards of reporting when reporting an outbreak or or investigation of an outbreak, then you need to state what the design of the study was, who the participants were, what the setting was, for example, and the type of interventions. And the idea is that we get some sort of standardisation into how outbreaks of hospital-acquired infections are reported, and therefore we have some sort of comparability between those outbreak reports, because we really don't have that at the moment. And it actually can be quite difficult to draw evidence-based conclusions from reports of hospital-acquired infections. And are other journals getting involved in this Orion statement as well? that's right, Richard. So we are publishing this paper jointly with the Journal of Antimicrobial Chemotherapy. And the Orion have their own website where this statement is being disseminated. They've done quite a lot of work in disseminating it at international conferences. They're trying to persuade the editors of other journals to write commentaries and editorial about Orion. And yes, with the editor of the Journal of Antimicrobial Chemotherapy, I've written an editorial just outlining why this particular statement is important and recommending that journals adopt it. Great. Also, John, you've got a review about human T lymphotropic virus, which seems to have been around forever, but it's not talked about much. 
Yes, this really isn't known very much. I think it was quite well known before HIV came along, and then it sort of, sort of rather disappeared off the radar. So this is the first retrovirus, human retrovirus, to be identified, and it was identified in, in 1979. It's really reasonably common. It, probably about 10 to 20 million people worldwide are infected with the virus though most infection is asymptomatic, but it does cause some quite serious disease. So, for example, particularly in uh, Japan, we have a lymphoma. So in Japan, for example,